right, Nick, the show belongs to you. It has always belonged to me, and we can get right into things. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of Glass Half Sports. I, as always, am one or the only host that you have today. Uh, Nick Huffman, glad to have y'all with us. A lot has happened in the sports world, and I want to wish everybody out there uh, happy early holidays as well as we approach Christmas. Uh, I am joined by Gabe today, who will be uh, providing support from the back since Mike is MIA and has been for the last two weeks. Apparently, uh, snowy roads and ice are conditions un, uh, untravelable for a Minnesota-born kid. And we're just giving them shit. But uh, and then Nick, sorry, I muted you. I'm not. No, you're I'm good. not used to you sitting in that chair, so I'm like going on autopilot. I know you just you're forced to mute Mike at times. So well, I, I get just, it. Yeah, I, get I it. go through, and yeah, I was hearing your voice, so I thought it was safe to hit mute on too. Yeah. But absolutely. anyway, you ready for the holidays, Gabe? No, no, no not I, at all. I do all, all my right, cool. shopping Christmas Eve. Like I mean, for there real, you go, I'm like the a real least man, responsible. <laughs> it used to make my ex-wife <laughs> just insane, and it used to make me insane because I'm like. Who cares when I buy the present? Right. Doesn't matter. Why does that matter? Yes, mine come in a garbage bag because <laughs> there's no time. But yeah. Gabe's the guy that wraps all of your Christmas gifts in newspaper and like the blue scotch tape, not the clear stuff. Do you buy stuff for people? Like, 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 are you a gift giver? To oh, absolutely. Like, like, do you buy shit for your mom in October? No. Okay. I'm buying buy gifts today after the show. Okay. All right. Good. So you're not the only one. You're not the only one. We do have a big show for you guys today. We are going to get into obviously the biggest comeback in NFL history with the Minnesota Vikings uh, as we, and then look forward to their matchup at home. A last home game prior to the playoffs against the New York giants this week. Uh, We will also take a look at the wild and the wolves. One team is hot. The other is not. It's kind of been that way uh, all winter long so far. We got some headline news that we got to go over big stuff for guys like Ovechkin and Messi. Um, We're going to look at the NFL playoff picture. And then before we leave, I'm going to tell you why. Why Minnesota has the best sports future, just in general. It doesn't matter. Baseball, football, hockey, or basketball. We uh, are, are the only market with, you know, all pro caliber players, uh, you know, under the age of 25 all over the map. So uh, if you are a sports fan with sports fan friends, make sure to hit that like button, subscribe, uh, turn on the notifications. So that way you can see when we post new content on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Spotify, YouTube, and Twitch. We will eventually get on there um, and uh, we can get right into the show. Unless, Gabe, you have anything you want to lead off with right away? Well, I'm a little confused by your your uh, teaser foreshadowing because I thought we were all in lockstep that we have the worst stars in the sport like of all the of all the markets that we have I like think, the worst stars gabe i think we've turned a corner i don't think so i think I we've turned turn a corner. corner i like the negativity <laughs> i mean, and, I mean and in a way for for frame of reference folks if anything is good in sports life gabe will downplay it to the most extreme measure uh or at least shit on it if you've broken records or whatever the case well, he is the definition stars. of a he's a player hater and I'm a player apologist. That's how we attain balance on I, I show. Hate, I hate uh, NBA players who play with tears in their eyes the entire okay. time, for instance. I or, mean, I don't like Cat either. Right. But so we can't all. nothing against Ant. Uh, there was something that happened this summer that got swept under the rug. All right, all right, yep, all right. But that's all right. All right. But let's, uh, let's start off with uh, the Minnesota Vikings and the greatest comeback in NFL history. Uh, I would first like to, um, you know... Take a moment of silence for Matt Ryan's uh, Hall of Fame resume as he now owns the biggest collapse in both playoff and regular season history. Uh, as the Vikings return from down 33 points 
uh, to beat the Colts 39 to 36 over the weekend. Gabe, initial thoughts. I know you said you didn't really get the chance to see this well, game. But. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I was watching it on GameCast. I yeah. actually had a lot of fun, kind of, because I had to, like, write my friends who were watching and going, like, how does this feel um, for those of you who are watching it? Because for yeah. me, it's like, on the GameCast, it seemed like they were coming back. And I wrote that to my friends. I mean, I want to say four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And the win probability was still at like 8% or something for <laughs> yeah. the Vikings. And, and, and they were like, it's over. There's no chance. Like that, they were not feeling that vibe. No. And then it just happened. Yeah. So, so for me, the, it was the tale of two halves, right? The first half was a great example of the fact that when the Vikings don't dictate and play their brand of football and the, they have the ability to make compounding mistakes. And that's the entirety of what the first half was. It was go out on offense, don't move the ball, kick it away, let the Colts run it down your throat and gas out our defense. We get the ball back. Now we feel like we're pressing. Kevin O'Connell goes for it on our side of the 50. Um, We turn it over. They score again. We get the ball back. We go three and out. We go to punt. The punt gets blocked. It gets run back. And it was like everything that could go wrong did go wrong in the first half. So I will lend some credence to the fact when Mike comes on this show and says, the Vikings don't strike fear into a lot of teams. This is the reason why. Because you can get the Vikings on any given Sunday can get beat 40 to three or go down in the first half 33 to zip. Um, Now, I will say this. Credit to the Minnesota Vikings fan base for a couple of things. One of which is going to be the fact that nobody left. At halftime, we were lit, it was 33 zip. We had not scored. And nobody left. Everybody stayed. I don't know if it's because nobody wanted to waste uh, you know, the the money that they had spent on Saturday tickets or if there was real belief in this team or what the case may be, but nobody left. And for the first time in I think Vikings history, I would have considered us a hostile crowd, like something close to, um, let's say Buffalo or Philly. And I say that because it was raining booze, not only to the coaching staff in the first half, but we had things like fuck the ref chants going on in the second half over fumbles that, oh, Mike decided to pop in, um, (laughs) fuck the ref chants over, over, you know, those fumbles that were blatantly obvious returned. Both of them returned for touchdowns. And, uh, you know, we had, and then on the second one for the first time ever, I saw Vikings fans so angry that they were throwing full beer cans into the end zone, trying to disrupt the game and get this thing like right and put some energy back in this team. That's how you interpreted that, it, Gabe. It was it was. You were a, not only a, a player apologist; you're a fan apologist. They're throwing full cans of beer in the end zone, and you're taking it as a plus. Well, here's the thing: what 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 are we we talk about it on this show all the time, right? Son, son, look at those men over there throwing beer in the end zone. Yes, they're grow up to be like them. Team. Yeah, but like, listen, as as Minnesota sports fans, I think we can all admit at at times when we lose games like this, we have a habit of going, "We'll get them next time." True, that wasn't the case here. It wasn't. But we, we don't have to turn into Philly fans. I think you do. Be think about Ooh. it for for a playoff environment. If you bring that type of hostile energy, the home field advantage is so real. 
So real. I was like, this is good. I like this. People pissed off instead of just like, ah, I guess I'll go grocery shopping early and leaving the game at half. What do you think about throwing like car batteries out there? Do you want to do no, that? No, not necessarily. Yeah. Not necessarily D-cells. that. But like, if 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 Philly's gonna throw D batteries at Santa Claus, if Buffalo's gonna throw dildos onto the field, they'll call they do that the bildo or whatever you want to call that it. I can get jump behind. through tables. Then guess what? Minnesota Vikings fans should have the ability to throw air paper airplanes and beers onto the field. The very same way. Okay. I'm like, with you. It's got it. You have to develop a hostile environment because that's pride, right? That That is like the pride of your fan base showing through instead of just accepting getting your fucking face beat in for four quarters. You are a sociopath. And I, I but I, I like it. I really like it. But you're a sociopath. I you am. Do not need to I compete am. on that level. But I think it's, it is nice that that mentality is here. Obviously, we're sick of that. that oh, bullshit. for sure. But for that, sure. Yeah. Um, that said, are we going to glaze over or not talk about the fact that we were down? What was uh, what were we thirty three to zip? Yeah, thirty three to zip, and you, I, you can't you, you can't gloss over it, right? We're not a Super Bowl team. <sighs> N- That's what we showed. the The Vikings to me are the definition of any given Sunday, and it falls both ways. Any given Sunday, the Vikings can get beat by the worst team in the league. And on any given Sunday, they have the ability to buzzsaw one of the best teams in the league. And that's what you saw in the second half, right? Like, this team is by no means perfect. It does have a lot of flaws. Um, The coaching staff is obviously young. Our talent level may not be as high. But any, any given Sunday for this team, any given half for this team, like name another team that can score 39 points in two quarters because halftime was our overtime was half over when we scored the game-winning field goal. And in the third quarter, might I might I add, we punted on the first drive. So in two quarters, this offense hung 39 points, and the defense let up none against a team they hadn't been able to stop all day. So it, it, is, it is polar opposites. I know it's hard to depict. I know it's hard to go, they are this or they aren't this based on this performance. But I will remind you, and Mike will, and Mike and a lot of people will get upset in the comment section. Um, this team gives me Kansas City Chiefs vibes. You can get down and it's not over. 17, 10, 23. The offense, if it gets rolling, will buzzsaw you. Uh, Dylan Gelzo says, uh, can you scroll back there? Right there. The, the atmosphere was electric after half, full beers, paper airplanes everywhere, absolute chaos. I would agree with you. I think Dylan was probably at the game. Um, so it's 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 one of those things where Eagles can. Yeah, Bills can, Eagles can, Vikings can too. Um, you know, it's 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 one of those things. It's hard to put a label on them, right? But you got to give them credit for being able to accomplish what they accomplished in the second half. The the Colts defense is a good defense. They've got veteran uh, veteran players at in the defensive secondary. They have studs at the linebacker position, and they have all like consistent pro bowlers on that defensive line. Um, the only reason they're half as good as they have been is because of that defense. So, but what, but so yeah, but, I agree with you. Any given Sunday, for sure, they yeah, are that team. Yep. But it's like those are the team. That means that you have to be the team that wins four in a row or three in a row or whatever it is, uh, wherever they end up. I guess, will we get the bye for sure? No, we will not get a bye. Um, Right now we're battling for the two seed, which should secure us two home field games. Uh, We're battling with that for with San Francisco. Um, That's 
where it's probably going to shake out, especially after Dallas takes that loss to Jacksonville, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. Did you um, guys? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut in, but this yeah. just killed me. I, and I forgot to bring this up. I wish I would have gotten the audio. Dude, God, that makes me sick. Did you hear uh, Kev, uh, Kevin, oh, whatever, the coach's speech KOC. after the game? KOC's speech after the game. Yeah, the locker room speech. Yeah, that like. About um, loving this team. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's the building of culture, right? That's that's what I see every time I see him speak. Every he he doesn't minimize the accomplishments. He doesn't brush away the mistakes. He went into that locker room and still said, "Hey, we're searching for four perfect quarters of football, and you showed us what we could do in a half." That was a huge mistake. The way that he did that is a huge mistake, and I'll tell Ooh. you why. Because you say he's building culture, and I know that he is today. Mm-hmm. But wait till next year. And those guys who he's ride or die with, like, ride with the end until they don't even let us play football anymore. And then he has to go, uh, yeah, you're just not cutting the mustard anymore, so we got to cut you. And then that dude walks out. Like, that's the business real. of the NFL, man. I, I know that that's is the, the business, business of the NFL. But they're all human beings, and that shit is going to, like, believe me, he set himself up for a fall. <sighs> I don't like it. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, th- this is, you're going gonna, gonna to feel that way as a coach in yes. your first year. Right. Right. I'm sure that's not the first time those players have heard something like that either. Whether it be a high school coach, a college coach, a position coach, a head coach, it's it's I love you guys, we're all in, because that's a mentality you have to. We talked months ago, Gabe, about commitment, right? Yeah. If there's one thing that you can give the Vikings credit to is they are committed to their brand of football, their brand of coaching, to their players, to this fan base, where you look at Tampa – who looks like a locker room full of individuals who are made men and have been paid are an eight loss team this year after being you know projected to be Super Bowl contenders. So they are committed. Credit where credit is due. You got to give credit where credit is due. Well, hold on. What? Where? What? Like? What? Like? I agree with you on all this stuff, but I don't interpret it that way. That it's like credit where credit is due. Like that was a major letdown. No, I'm not like disagreeing with that. you. Okay. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with yeah. you. But to then stay to stay committed in the second half. Yes. To 100%. do to do what they couldn't do against Dallas is growth, which is come back in the second half. To do what they couldn't do against Philly is commitment and progress in the second half, right? Like I I, I come on the show every week and I say one thing above all else progress you see this team grow every time they hit adversity every time they take the field and it's just it right now you locked up the nfc north continue to tighten up all the nuts and bolts and screws or whatever and get ready for the playoffs now that's that's what you have to do is continue to make progress so you're playing that complete style of football come the playoffs the Bengals did that last year up and down, all over the map, big losses, big wins, close wins. They snuck into the playoffs, and then because they figured it out in time, they got to the Super Bowl when nobody thought that they deserved to be there. Right? So you can't count the Vikings out. You cannot. You absolutely cannot. Can we put it? So I agree with you. He is galvanizing the team for this year. As our commenter Dylan says, KLC has brought this team together better than anyone else. The camaraderie this team has is the best it's ever been. I would agree. That you guys are too fucking young. I would agree. This team has played more together than I've ever seen it as a Vikings fan. Nine? 2003, 2009? 2003, 1998, 1987. Get, uh, get some fucking age. 
Um, no, I'm not an old man, Gabe. Sorry. But that is how he's coaching is go for broke this year. For yeah. sure. For sure he is. Well, I mean, I think it's they, they've had the right and, mentality and of one, ga- one game at a time, I believe, has been the mentality, right? It's one half at a time last week. One half at a time, yeah. right? It's, it's hey, can we win the next play? It's, hey, can we win the next down? It's, and if that's the style of football that they're going to play, like I said, any given, any given, any given Sunday, any given play, they can rip off a touchdown. Any given drive, they can turn the ball over. They can swing the momentum of a game. Like now, I will say, as we transition into looking at the the Giants game that's coming up this week, it's going to be another prove it moment, right? So, what did we see last time we had a big emotional win in Buffalo? They came out the next week against Dallas and they got steamrolled. They were not ready. You're going to get the Giants who are fighting for a playoff spot, who just beat the commanders, right, to take the leg up in that division, and they're coming into your house, just just like Dallas did, another NFC East team. So if they come out and they put a good performance together, you you have to start to look at things just a little bit differently. Um, I think the keys to this game are going to be bottling up Saquon Barkley and making Daniel Jones beat you with his arm um, because I think our pass rush is at least consistent enough to uh, rattle a non-top 15 quarterback in the league. Once again, Brian Dable, also a first-year head coach trying to make a playoff push, so it's going to come down to coaching and play calling and and situational management, which the Vikings have been good at all year. Um, And then on the defensive side of the football, it's going to be, can we see more of what we saw in the second half? Uh, The difference on defense on the two halves was the Vikings playing their normal shell and rushing four versus in the second half, you saw a lot of man man catch press um, coverages, disrupting pass routes, being in guys' faces, and letting the pass rushers get loose, right? Um, Dylan says, so on defense, what do we need? That's what it is because uh, that's where the Vikings are lacking big time. I would agree. They're not great against the run. They're not necessarily great against the pass, but I think it's because we're not dictating. And you saw in the second half, when you have to have it, when you have to dictate, when you have to get in somebody's grill, when you have to get a stop, it's something that you can do. I don't think you're going to, out of this year's Vikings defense, you're not going to get the same hunger as a, a Jacksonville Jaguars defense, as the Cowboys defense, as the Bills defense. They got a lot of youth on those rosters on the on the other teams. The Vikings are a veteran defense. They're going to have to play situational football, and that's the hand we're dealt. I would love to say that this is a top five defense. I don't necessarily agree that it's a, a the thirty second worst, you know, best defense in the league, but they're definitely middle of the road. And when you have an offense that's as capable as we are, that'll that'll put you in a lot of ball games, um, being able to play situationally. So it's going to be: can you bottle Saquon? Can you rush the passer? And can you put all of your corners who are above? You know, Mike sent me a stat earlier this week: um, all of the Vikings corners only roster in the league where their corners are all above six foot which would normally lend to lengthy corners playing a lot more press coverage. We have the lowest press coverage percentage in the league. So can we get up on these receivers, disrupt some routes, and let our pass rushers, who are talented, Zadarius Smith, Daniil Hunter, Dalvin Tomlinson, um, even Patrick Jones, the second who has been playing really well in the second half of the year, to get after the quarterback the way that they know they can. Um, I've got this as a 21-19 victory Ooh. for the Vikings this Man, week. I'm sorry, dude. We're going to lose 39 to like seven. Really? Maybe nine, 10 or something. I, I, it's, but 
you understand human like uh, biochemistry. Absolutely, right? it's going to be they. It's going to be such a the adrenaline dump. dump. Yep. yep, the adrenaline dump that it took to win that game. But that's what I say by it's a learning opportunity, right? If they come out and even if they win a close game, He's even if they win a learning opportunity, even if they win a close game, we're going to learn a lot about this team because they didn't do that before. They they had the emotional letdown previously. We've seen it in the past. We had the emotional letdown in Philly after the Minneapolis miracle as well, right? So can this team buck the trend? Can they be more consistent? That's that's the only thing that should be focused on and preached this week. Can 48 you, to 5. Mm, 21 19 uh Vikings. That's what I got. What um so did you talk about how we'd bottle up Saquon? Because how do we actually do that? I think you have to plug the interior rush lanes. Um, you're probably going to see a lot uh, of Dalvin Tomlinson. You're going to see a lot of Harrison Phillips, who had a great game in the second half. Uh, you're probably going to see a little bit more of guys like James Lynch and Ro- uh, Ross Blacklock to plug up those interior run gaps. Because when Saquon is ineffective, it's because you're getting him to stop his feet at the line and move laterally versus being able to get downhill put a foot in the ground and make a linebacker miss. And all of a sudden he's in your secondary uh, or on your second level. So it's, it, it is, it's just going to be a, can you get, can you slow his momentum by the time he hits the line of scrimmage? Um, not too worried. He's a good pass catching back. Not too worried about him in the past game because the giants don't have a whole lot of other pass like or receiving options that scare me even for the Vikings secondary. Um, and Daniel Jones isn't a, a, a super large threat either at a, like the option game or with ball security or whatever the case may be. So are we home? Yeah. It's at home. We this are. Week. Okay, yep. okay. Last home game before we go on the road to face uh, Green Bay and then Chicago to end the season. All right, fine. 34 to nine. 21-19 win Vikings and, this week. There and we then go. KLC comes in the locker room and goes, you fucking idiots! <laughs> we look like fucking idiots out there! Yeah, Could be. We'll see. Could we'll be. See. But but how, you know what? I got to give him credit, though, where he really shit down my neck on one thing. I had texted uh, a group of my, my older friends. Yeah. <laughs> at, like uh, the at 40-plus club. I said... Here we go with the whole young buddy coach stuff. Like this is where it sucks now because there's no chance he'll come back. So, so I was I was very wrong on that. Just as I was wrong on something else. I think he's got. I think he's got enough edge. Um, you, you want you know frame of reference. The Niners lost four straight games last year, uh, going into the playoffs, and then they or the the Rams lost four straight games last year to include to a division rival. Like the, like the Vikings just lost to the lot. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where he's experienced some of this as a coach. I think he's got the edge to get that team right, and if he didn't, they wouldn't have won a Super Bowl last year. I don't know, dude. It's first time calling plays. True. You know? I don't True. know. No, I totally get it. I yeah. totally get it. And, like, I, I love that he steps to the podium every week, and he goes, hey, the first thing that needs to improve is my ability. He's very self-aware that he's not where he needs to be as a head coach. They're finding ways to win, which is a plus because you either have that or you don't as a team or as a coaching staff. But he's full. I think he's fully aware that there are adjustments that need to be made, and he's doing his best to make them week in and week out. That's all I can ask for. We we had four years of complacent Mike Zimmer. Run the same system, run the same plays, run the same defense, and it only got worse. Yeah, and, and, and actually the one thing that we haven't talked about for this game that I – uh, didn't get to see because I was yeah. doing the game cast thing. What um, 
Did was there some great adjustment made at the half? Like like what happened? I think it was the defense. Uh, in, in all honesty, the Just Vikings the the Vikings have to play complementary football. And when I say that, I mean the defense. Even though it is Ben, don't break. They have to generate at least one turnover every game. They have to because when you do that and you give the, our offense a short field and then you swing the momentum to wearing out their defense where they're spending a lot of time on the field, the Vikings really seem to excel uh, in that category. I think in the first half, the Vikings at one point had had the ball for three minutes and 30-some-odd seconds, and the Colts had had it for like 15 minutes or something outrageous, like 12 minutes like or something like that. When your defense is consistently on the field, it's hard to stop anybody because offenses in this league get to dictate. Now – you do a 12, 15 play drive, you go down and score on offense, your defense comes out rested on a veteran defense, you're going to get better results you know, out of them. So I think the big adjustment was the defense stiffened up, allowed the offense to do a little bit of dictating. And then on, you know, on the flip side, on the way back, the defense comes, comes back out rested with a little bit of momentum and you get to cut the pass rushers loose, right? So I think the adjustment was just that, getting back to playing complimentary football. Can I do one, uh, before we move on, can I do a little mea culpa from sure. last week? So yeah. last week I, I was really harsh on Deion Sanders and how he approached the team, uh, the Buffaloes when he went there. And I hated uh, the energy he brought in. I thought that he was making it about himself. Yeah. And this week he had, uh, or I think yesterday, two days ago, he was on Club Shay Shay with Shannon Sharp. Love that. And it was, first of all, um, in addressing the Buffaloes thing, he he said on that that he said the exact same speech at Jackson State when he went. That's there. his. I mean, that's kind of his motto, right? Well, he Man said up. same speech. Yep, same speech. He's like slight variation, but basically same thing. Yeah. So I, I go, okay, you know, it's his method. I can, I can, uh, I can take that. That's I thought culture. it was, it was a departure from everything I had seen. So I'm no different than any I mean, other shithole. You got to remember, like Dion used to get in fights with, not fight like physical fights, but like verbal sparring matches with reporters in the locker. That's a competitive dude. Yeah, yeah. He's prime for a reason. I didn't think he was in there softball on these kids. Which, and then you brought in another thing about his competitiveness, right? Yep. So then on that interview, they showed this. So this is a little bit graphic, but just to show everybody. And that's that his is leg, yeah. His leg and his toe. And they showed him getting treatment on that, that he gets three times a day because the pain is so extreme. Oh, yeah. And he just deals with that, right? Mm. And it was like, he he really, like, you know, I was of the era when he was huge. Oh, and yeah. And if you do, like, that's the only knock anyone ever had on him is that he was soft, right? Because he, you know, he not didn't soft. make tackles. He didn't, you know, all that stuff. And that is clearly not true. So, Prime. Gamer. I apologize, Prime. Gamer. I was wrong. There we go. All right, so let us know what you guys think on the Minnesota Vikings uh, coming off the greatest upset or comeback in NFL history, heading into a playoff, you know, seeding matchup uh, at home against uh, the New York Giants on Saturday. So more Saturday football for the Minnesota Vikings coming up this week. And we can move on over to Wild Wolf Watch, and we can go with the good team first. Uh, Minnesota Wild, owner of six straight victories. Um, as the team gets a little bit healthier, the offense has woken up. And I think one of the biggest differences here, Gabe, is the defense has, like the 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 youth on defense has made a massive difference in their ability to play disciplined hockey recently. Like you see them, it's 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 fundamentally sound, I guess is a good way to put it, right? Um, I love, you know, obviously you take one from the Blackhawks, you grab one from the Senators, 
You know, you beat the Sharks. Did they they beat the Ducks last night as well? Um, Kareel is either assist once again either assisting or generating points himself, only continuing to cement that he doesn't have to score to dictate on offense anymore. He's got Zuccarello. Uh, Hartman's on his way back. It, it's I don't know, man. How much closer? How close are we to feeling the way that we felt about this team last year? I'm going to seed the mic here because I'm sitting back here with an actual hockey fan, yeah, uh, Dylan. Um, so I'm going to let him kind of talk about the mic or about the wild because he yeah, was uh, absolutely saying some stuff. That first line there, Terrell Zuccarello, Volley. I mean, those guys, chemistry. I mean, alone, Zuccarello was, was named what top three in the NHL yeah. for the last what two weeks. Yep. So having those two guys in the chemistry that they have and just knowing where each other are, mm-hmm. it's I don't know. It, defensively, you got Middleton, Dumba. Now we got Revo. I mean. This team is solid. Reeves making a big difference since coming into. There have even been like verbal mentions of how much more comfortable some of these guys are getting into hairy situations, knowing that yep. he's around. It's right, the Revo blanket, baby. Yep, and I mean the the, the Vegas uh, benefited from this for three years. Like he kept that team that was floating above, you know, average in playoff series. One of which they beat the Wild in. Right, so uh, it. How about our? Um, I have a question for uh, whatever either of you, but yeah. um, how, how, is the goalie situation starting to cement itself? They've or? both played really well recently. Okay, you know from what I've seen, Gustafson is—he's like my age, young yeah. guy, and he's learning from probably one of the best goalies of all time. I mean, we're gonna probably have Flurry for maybe another year or two. I don't know how long his contract is for, but. I think it's this year. I think it's up at the end of this year because yeah, their plan right. is to bring the kid up from the uh, Iowa Wild, right? No, Gustafson. That's him. Oh, so that is him. Up. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. What's uh what's the deal with the kid that we picked up from the Bruins? Oh, uh he's playing for Iowa now. Oh, okay. So but, they did make the switch. Okay, so this is something that we that me and Gabe talked about, right? Like at what point <laughs> is he gonna be ready? And if he is ready and having him learn, you know, next year you're looking at a situation where what Gustafson takes over and when he's you know tired or not used to the full NHL workload, then you give Marc-Andre Fleury spot starts and continue to let that veteran groom that guy. I think the Wild are in a great spot. I completely agree. What's the, maybe he can, he can answer our question from last week. Who's the last um, team to win an NHL Stanley Cup with a true like 50-50 platoon? Is that Ooh. like, is that common? Because to me, there's always one guy who really anchors it. But that's what. Yeah. So you know, I can't tell how to how to feel about the Wilds goalie situation. It feels like Flurry just needs to assert himself and kind of return to form, and that's what we I need. would agree that, that though. I mean, if Flurry can just say, "Hey, I got to be top dog this season and buckle down," instead of having the back and forth with games, then yeah, I mean, one of them has to make the decision, or Dean has to make the decision and say, "Listen, this is it." for this year and we'll figure it out next year, but you got to make that choice. I mean, I think if the team is playing the way it's playing now, right? Six straight victories as we kind of flip flap, flip flop back and forth between goalies. I think what they're doing is trying to create a situation where they can avoid what they ran into in the playoffs last year, right? Where you're like, they traded for Marc-Andre Fleury and they made him the guy no matter what, even though they had Cam Talbot going into the playoffs last year. And maybe that wasn't the wisest choice. Uh, Yeah. You know, maybe they're looking at it right now where it's all right, let's give these guys, you know, let's split it down the middle. We're looking at the stats at the end of the season, and then the hot hand runs the playoff series. I don't disagree with that either. That's that's you know self awareness and trying to correct a mistake a mistake that you've made once before. 
right? So yeah. um, big things to come for the Minnesota Wild. Um, at what point, Dylan, do we need to start to consider uh, Kirill Kaprizov for MVP? Mm, I mean, we he's already in contention on that, but it's also, again, the line around him. He's yeah. not Kirill without Zuccarello or his defense. So there we he, go. He's got the players around him. And he's got the coaching staff that obviously excels that as well, but he wouldn't be Carell without his teammates. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we got a couple of games coming up before we see you guys again, just ahead of the new year uh, on the 22nd. They will, I think that's tonight. They'll be facing San Jose. Then they are on the road to face Winnipeg before they return home to place uh, the Dallas or to face Dallas uh, on the 29th. Dylan record prediction for the wild over the next three games. Um, I say, well, we'll go two and one. Very nice. We like that. We like that. I think I say we win tonight, um, next home game. And then we'll probably take one loss coming into January. Cause that's that January slump. And yep. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to jinx it. Knock on wood, but that's how this goes. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, just continue to keep pace, right? Like right. unless some of these other teams that are sitting atop the West right now, make you know a massive stride to separate though if the wild can continue to keep pace through january they're going to have a chance to take that number one spot or the number two spot um from one of these teams if that's how they continue to play so it's really on them at this point so all right uh then we can move on over to uh the minnesota timber trash cans Ugh, this team just gives me a headache, Gabe, and I don't know. Like National reporters at this point are starting to put articles out like, do we trust the GM to put the Minnesota Timberwolves talent puzzle together? Or, you know, is Anthony Edwards as advertised? Or, you know, just ridiculous shit when this should be a team that's going to compete for the Western Conference Finals from a talent perspective. Um, you know, they, they, they played well in a three-game stretch where they ripped off wins against playoff teams. And it's almost like I've been preaching it all season. What happened in all three of those games? Anthony Edwards led the offense. 30-point performance, 35-point, or 39-32, and a I think he had a 7-assist, 11-rebound performance as well. As long as that guy is the leader in your clubhouse and who is initiating your offense, the Timberwolves are a better team. You start to do anything to the contrary right now, and the team falls apart. They lost to Dallas last night, by the way. Um, so the, the the winning streak ends, but they're still, what, bottom of the playoff picture right now? And that should not be the case. It absolutely should not be the case. Hey, um, I just saw something like a couple nights ago that I meant to even like uh, do a screen record on it to show you, but um, I saw something making the rounds that of, of – um, Anthony Edwards like standing still yeah. for an entire play. What when was that? Was that that, that was that was a while. That was a while okay. ago. Um it was before Cat got hurt and it's what I've been preaching. It's the fact that you can't with a guy that plays like Anthony Edwards plays. A guy that's going to go downhill to the basket from the perimeter and then when they start to sag and play help defense he'll distribute or pull up to hit the mid-range jumper or pick and pop or whatever the case may be. You can't have two bigs. You can't you just it doesn't work. It never has in basketball. The, whoa, the, whoa, whoa. Tell that to grandma Ma and Alonzo Morning. L- listen, it's a different NBA. I know. It's a different <laughs> NBA these days. It worked when it was um, you could beat the hell out of it worked when it was yeah. Shaq and Lamar. Yeah, Lamar mm-hmm. Odom, who were just gonna beat the piss out of people. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. 
You can't. So it doesn't make sense. I like I saw that clip though, and I was actually like bummed out because I wanted to be excited about him as yeah. a player, and I have been. And now you go, there's two character kind of black marks that I've seen. And well, you at, just go. At what know. point when you're ant though, do you go? Because so new new ownership, right? This is the first year that uh Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez have had full control of the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. And their offseason idea was let's limit the one of the best young players in the NBA by clogging up the lane, which is the most effective part of this guy's game. Sure. But- Bad leadership. But to deal with it by standing still publicly like that, it's just so What are you going to do? What are you going to do in basketball when there's no space? When when there's Not when, pout. Not pout I don't like think that, he's dude. pouting, but like listen, That's you got pout. How you, can have you, say to, you, but pouting? you have to you you have to you have to you have to. It is your job as the coach to make sure that he is involved in the offense on every single possession. On every it's the coach's job, not the player's job. It's the coach's job to make sure that hey, our primary scorer when Cat isn't on the floor, is Ant. No ifs, ands, or buts. He's getting a touch every time down the floor. You have to. I'm just going to sit here and just be quiet the whole time now because I'm going to pout because I'm just so fucking, hey, you know, I don't really have a choice. I'm not pouting or anything like that. That really is. That is the worst, the worst, actually, like, thing that he could have done. It, it's, it be, be above it. Have some character. Not play into it and fucking whine while you make your millions of fucking dollars. Who gives a shit? God, what a fucking you, cry! Hey, baby. listen, listen. I get it. I get it's where you, I get where you're coming. Look. I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Here's what I'm gonna say: It's time to start looking at trade options for Cat. Oh fuck yeah! Be, it's been it's beyond time. It's beyond time. You look at that that three game winning streak. You go ahead and look at uh, Ant's efficiency rating, his field goal percentage, his free throw percentage, his involvement in the offense, the energy that he brings to the floor without Cat, and it's it's obvious. I mean, outside of the Bulls missing Lonzo, that's a playoff team that they beat 150 to 126. Then they took on the Mavericks, playoff team. They beat them 116 to 106. And Ant has massive games. The Thunder, good young team, 110 to 112. So And Ant has another big game there. And Nas Reed was involved in one of these as a 30-point scorer. You don't need Towns and the value that he can bring back to supplement the success of Anthony Edwards moving forward is something you can't replace. You got to trade him. You got to trade him. Absolutely have to. I think that I agree with you, but I think you should package up um, Ant with him. No. Yes. No. He is not going to, we won't win with him. Yes, you will. That is the most outlandish (laughs) thing I've ever heard. Uh, just like go ahead and watch that play again and just see like that. Gabe, it's once. It summer. was one play and it was over a month ago. Even, I don't even think Allen Iverson did that shit. It was over a month ago and it was <laughs> one play. <laughs> you sound like a boyfriend who like cheated on his wife. That that was a month ago. It was a, it was abominable. It, sure, like, but yeah. you can continue to think that, but then look at how he's backpacked this team without Carl Anthony Towns and tell me you can't win with the guy who has the best score, a top five scoring total in a playoff run debut as Anthony Edwards. He's an that, enormous talent. Enormous he's talent. the talent. And just like the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes, like the Bills did with Josh Allen, like the Lakers did with Kobe, like Cleveland did with LeBron, like the Magic did with Shaq, you lean into your talents. You don't limit them. You can't do it. You don't blame the player when 
you know, you, we didn't. Nobody blamed LeBron well, when he, he left Cleveland. Blamed the player, of course no, not. Nobody but, blamed LeBron when he left Cleveland. Was the decision gaudy? Yes, but uh, everybody understood that he left Cleveland because Cleveland wasn't going to help him win. When, Agreed. When Kevin Love left the Timberwolves, he did it because the Wolves wouldn't help him win. When KG left the Wolves, it was because the Wolves wouldn't help him win. He is a talent on par what do you think or KG above would those do? guys. What do you think KG would do if he was on this team with Ant when he stood still for that whole whole play? He probably would have smacked him he in the mouth. Fu- exactly. Because it just like they said to the old country singer Hank Williams, you got a million-dollar voice and a 10-cent head, and that's that's what he's showing. And, and that, that shit doesn't one get better. Play get, it's one play. It's one play. When he becomes the man, that shit ain't going to get better. I hate to tell you. I'm, I'm, I could not disagree with you more. Well, we'll I think it we'll was. I think it was an on-court protest to say, fine, you don't want to use me to my fullest capabilities. Good luck winning without me. Right. Yep, I agree. That's what he was thinking. 100%. Yep, 100%. That's what he was thinking. So... Um, Wolves do have games coming up. It's going to be real interesting to see them take on the Celtics tomorrow. Um, that is a a team that was in the NBA Finals. Um, if they take if they go into to uh, to Boston or they if they play Boston and win that game um, without Carl Anthony Towns, and then they go play the Heat, who were a playoff team last year, and then they take on the Pelicans, who are going to be a playoff team with an incredibly healthy Zion this year. Every win against a playoff caliber team without Cat only emboldens the argument that he is the problem, not the solution. Cat's got to go. Cat's got to go. I was still just muttering about um, AD or about Ant, but yeah, yeah sorry. Cat's got to go. Um, so I'll probably, I think the Wolves, in all realistic, in all honesty, probably go one and two. They probably grab the game from the Heat. It's going to be a toss-up against the Pelicans. They're more than likely going to lose to the Celtics. Um, and then we're going to check back in next week. And I'm going to have more rhetoric for you on the Wolves need to do something to fix the talent picture right now. They what, absolutely have to. What do we, um, is there anything that you'd want to get for Cat? Like, I mean, is he tradable or is it just contract? I mean, uh, so he him. signs a super max last off season. Okay. Um, this year he's still tradable. You get into next year and the year following his cap number gets really big and it's going to be difficult uh, to move him. I think the Wolves' best bet right now is to go find a star on a playoff roster um, that is unhappy, or a, a star that you know feels like they should be in the playoffs that's unhealth or unhappy, and, and package D'Lo and Cat together, um, and bring back uh, a volume of picks and talent. Try to recover some of the shit that you lost, um, moving uh, Vanderbilt and the pieces that you or picks and stuff that you lost to go get Gobert. It's going to be your best option. Uh, it's got to be, you know, you'd like to get a point guard. You're probably looking to get a stretch four. Those are the two things that I'd be looking for um, because you got your big. You got Gobert, right? So, I was going to say, we, okay, you didn't say we lost Gobert, right? No, no, no. Okay, yeah, I was like, what? No, 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 <laughs> okay. we we have Gobert. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So let I... him play that traditional rim-defending, rebounding five role. Give him 38 minutes a night. Go get you a stretch four, somebody who can – you know, shoot the ball well, somebody who can handle, somebody who plays well in the pick-and-roll game but isn't a focal point of your offense. <clears throat> Jared Vanderbilt, who he decided to trade away last year, and then a point guard who is not score first, distribute first, and then let Anthony Edwards run the offense. And then, by the way, we should uh, give a big shout-out to Gobert for uh, his generous gift to all the Target Center staff. Did you read about that? I did not. It was fucking awesome, man. He, he, uh, he's, he, 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 
basically gave them all an autograph card and something else, but it was like a gift totaling like $25,000. That's all. I mean, to I- all the concessionaires, to all the like, Ushers, all that stuff. It you, was awesome. You've heard around the league. I mean, outside of the 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 COVID outbreak thing, which he, you know, obviously was a a weird, you know, piece in as you know with Utah. Everybody respects him. They say he's a great guy. He works hard. Um, d- you know, good player, good teammate, good locker room guy. So I, I like Gobert. I like having him here. I'd take him over Cat nine times out of ten. Yeah, absolutely, no doubt about it. So. Uh, let us know what you all think about uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, as they approach the holiday break here, as they try to climb back into playoff contention, as they're probably going to get passed up by the fucking Lakers here if they don't figure out a way to turn it around. So um, we can uh, move forward to headline news whenever you're ready, Gabe. All right, we're heading to headline news right now. You'll see on screen. What's behind that door? It's you. Oh, hey. Headline news. Uh, so yeah, lots of uh, lots of news, <laughs> obviously between uh, third the Thursday last and today. Um, to include, I guess the Vikings sparked uh, inspirational performance for the rest of the comeback kids around the NFL. Um, you can start with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who uh, don't look now. Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in football since week nine. Um, the team has turned the corner. With Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, the wide receivers, even though it's not a great receiving core, are coming to life. Uh, the defense is young and hungry, and it flies around, and they care in every game. And they managed to come back and beat Dallas, who put an ass whooping on the Vikings, and has and they've really run a lot of teams out of the stadium with the with Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard um, when they get leads like that. So tons of credit to to Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville, and now they're a game out of the playoff picture. You know, they win this week and the Titans lose. It's a tie, I think, in the AFC South. We'll talk about the playoff picture a little bit later as well. But um, really, really cool to see Trevor Lawrence finally, I guess, take form uh, the way that everybody thought he was going to in year one, uh, kind of proving that, all right, well, it was definitely Urban Meyer's fault and Doug Peterson's the man for the job. Um, Big congratulations to Trevor Lawrence and his mother, Sarah. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know. No, I don't know. That's like a, I think it's a cooking late product or something. There we go. No, there no, no. It's a school. Sarah Lawrence. There it's we a go. Fe- female college. There we yeah. go. Anyway, um, and yeah. then uh, Joe Burrow. Joe Cool just continuing to tell everybody that I'm better than Brady. I was going to say who who are the top three quarterbacks in in the NFL in order? Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, shit, Joe Burrow. Okay, go to five. <laughs> Like right now, right now? Yeah, yeah, I get, yeah. I mean, for the year heading the, into the Super Bowl or heading into the playoffs with the top five quarterbacks. Yeah, heading right into now. The, heading into the playoffs. Yeah, it's probably, so Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, ironically all in the AFC. Man, the NFC, you're, it's probably Jalen Hurts at four right now. And Trevor. Brock Purdy. And Trevor Lawrence at five? Yeah, right, I don't know. Like it's it's it's, it's close. Up. Dak has thrown a pick. You know everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, what about Dak? The 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 Cowboys are good." He's thrown a pick in each of his last five games. You know what I mean? So like, the AFC's got all the good quarterback youth. Lamar Jackson's hurt. Not you know, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo hurt. Kirk inconsistent. Kirk's probably like seven right now. 
you know, through the late 90s, early, well, really mid 90s through like early 2000s. Yeah. It really felt like now I'm probably going to be wrong in some some aspects, but overall the NFC was better. It like, has shifted. Like, I mean, consistently. Well, you give the AFC that many top draft picks, eventually they're going to be able to turn right, around. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, has it turned now, would you say? I think it has. Yeah. I really think it has. Huh, AFC era. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at the like, look at right. some of the divisions in the AFC. The AFC what West has what we thought was going to be Russell Wilson, which turned out to be the ghost of Russell Wilson, but the rest of that division is Derek Carr, decent, you know, that's an above-average quarterback, but Justin Herbert and Pat Mahomes in the same division – you got Trevor Lawrence, you got Joe Burrow, you got Lamar Jackson. Yeah, um, God, you don't even talk about him. Or um, what's his name from the Browns? Desha- uh, Deshaun yeah, Watson, yeah, Deshaun, yeah, you so, know, is yeah. there now. Um, I mean, it's, who knows? It's it's heavy. It's, heavy, it's yeah. stacked in the AFC. Stacked. That is for sure. And, it, and a lot of them, by the way, traditional quarterbacks. Right. Like non-scramblers. Uh, yeah. You know, outside of Josh Allen. So oh, do you consider him a scrambler? Oh, I mean, the way he that he has scramble. the ability to He's run great. people the fuck over. You absolutely have and to Mahomes, consider him. Yeah, yeah, in a sense, moves his feet like that. Yeah. yeah. Wild. What well, the NFC is old age quarterbacks right now. Rodgers, Brady, you know, it's it's the it's the elder statesman. Yeah, Kirk. Kirk, yeah, who's 30, you know, gonna be 34. It's the elder statesman on our side. So. Where do you put Kirk? Is he top 10? Right now, yes. I think he mm, yeah. Top, he's probably at seven for me right now. If I had, to, if I had to sit down and break it down, he's probably sitting at seven. What if you lived in Ohio? <laughs> then where's then where does he rank? Yeah, uh, that's, that's nine. I was just shitting on you. Yeah, let's nine. let's uh, move on to this one. <laughs> yeah, uh, World Cup wrapped up in Leo, Leo Messi with his first World Cup. The the he, this is what it looked like if you were watching this game. It was a great finality of the World Cup. I actually sat down and watched it. I'm not even a soccer fan. I watched it literally because Messi was in it. And this is what it looks like when you crown a goat. This is I, I could only imagine this is what it was when, you know, Jordan won his fifth or his sixth ring um, or, you know, any of them. To pick a goat throughout time and each one of them kind of have a moment, his just so happened to come 17, 19 years into his professional career. Uh, the guy has been. Doesn't sound like a goat to me. The, the guy has what? been oh, okay. Let's let's. I'm joking. I'm glad you I'm said. Totally I'm joking. glad you said it. Let's mm-hmm. go through the resume, Gabe. Okay. The guy has made two World Cup finals appearance appearances. He's won one. Uh, he's the eldest, um, I guess, participant in the World Cup with five plus goals in history. He's got 25 total World Cup appearances. He's been a pro for 19 years, and as a professional, he has almost 500 goals scored in a sport where it takes four years to score a goal. How many women are accusing him of sexual misconduct? None. Wow. Now, the man has been goat. the man has been clean from top to bottom. Like everybody's like, "Oh, LeBron has had this illustrious career and all of these accolades and statistics and championships and he's lived up to the hype." Messi was doing it before LeBron was, and Messi doesn't get that kind of credit. You never see him in the news for negative stuff. Ever. Do you know who the biggest athlete in the world is? Who? Not Messi. Not LeBron, Ooh. and it's a dude whose name I can't even reproduce, but he's a fucking high lie player. It there's a high lie player I saw, it and someone compared his Twitter followers. And yeah, he had like two hundred million followers. Like Jesus. it was dwarfed LeBron, like dwarfed. And you just realize That's how crazy. big this world is. That's crazy. Not. But yeah, I mean, Messi is obviously that guy. 
I love how you always get happy for these guys who have just, oh, been, that's just awesome. celebrated his entire life everywhere he goes, and somehow you find the, the <laughs> tears for him when he wins. But well, I, but which is nice. The effort, right? Think about it to chase this for nineteen for years, <laughs> to chase it yeah. for nineteen. Like you see it. Like Randy retired without a ring. Ladanian Tomlinson retired without a yeah. ring. Ronaldo does not have a World Cup. Like a lot of these guys never reach the mountaintop as great as they are. So for him to get the opportunity to actually close it out and be the reason, because he scored the goal that put them up. Uh, oh, in, he did? In, yeah. Oh, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he really did get to have his moment. And it was so, so cool to watch. Him. So cool to watch. It gave back their player hating. I, that's what I do. In the, in the comment section below, boo game or give your roses to Leo Messi. Uh, massive congratulations on the World Cup. Pretty good all, uh, all in all. He got, he got some flowers here. There we go, Tim Jack. Hey, Tim Jackson, always holding it down in the comment section, buddy. Thank you. Messi is the GOAT in soccer. Dylan says, did you see the Masters announcements th this week? I did not. Do we have some news? What has happened? So earlier this week, the Masters tournament announced that live golf players – are still able to qualify and play in the Masters oh, this year. That's good. That just put the dagger in the heart of the PGA. Yep. Right. Yep. Everybody going to live now. Everybody's going. To I wonder if Tiger. I wonder if Tiger like texted back whoever it was at Live and was like, hey, "Is that the one B?" And said, "Yeah, can I still call?" That offer still stand. <laughs> Do they let them drink when they're over there? Yep. And yeah. And wear shorts. Yeah. yeah. Shoot heroin. I mean, maybe. No, yeah, I don't know. Um, I saw. Uh, however, I do take a little umbrage. Tim Jackson, great listener. Yes, um, number one fan. He's a goat. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Pele is on life support right now, and you're dropping shit like that. I don't know. I don't know, Tim. I think. Hey, you know what? We'll, we're going to have to start uh, like keeping tabs because I think Tim Jackson has the most appearances in show. I think Tim actually might have more appearances on this show than Mike does. I'm ready. If I get married again, I will give Tim Jackson prima nocta. There we go. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Yes. Um, we'll so see. <laughs> let us know how you guys are feeling about Messi winning the World Cup. We can move on to a guy that me and Mike have also dogged, have dogged on over the last two years as Zion Williamson is back to MVP form. The guy had a stretch here recently where I think in – I think it was eight out of 10 games. He had scored 30 plus points and pulled down 11 plus rebounds. He's got the Pelicans as a relevant team uh, right now. His season totals 24 and a half points, seven rebounds, five assists, and a block playing center as a guy who's six foot six. Gabe, are you back in on Zion? Yeah. I don't know why I pull for him, but I do. Like there, there's something about that. Maybe I'm just so amused that he's so thick and he well, he's so little. And, yeah. He's six foot six playing center, bullying guys that right. are seven feet tall. He's just, he's a weird looking dude out yeah. there. <laughs> it's like, I, yeah, no, I kind of pull for him in a weird way. Dude, now the big question is going to be, Gabe, do we feel like this? Do we really feel like this is sustainable? The guy's already got an injury history. And when he is healthy, he's got run that is as good as anybody in the association. I will give him that. Yeah. I, but I can he know. be of, is he know. Byron Buxton? Is he available come playoff time when it matters because of the style of ball he has to play? I think that's really unfair to compare him to Byron Buxton. Okay, let's but compare him to Russell Westbrook then. Russell Westbrook doesn't have a ring for a very similar reason. Very physical style of play for 82 games to get his team into the playoffs. Can he? And then 
they flatten out. It's like all the air has left the balloon by the end yeah, of the season. Yeah, I mean, the short answer is no. <laughs> like, it probably won't work. Like, if we go, okay, if we could swap Cat for him straight up. I would do it. That would probably be a good trade for the Pelicans, and be we'd good... be happy to do it. Yeah. But it's probably a bad trade for us. Oh, probably. 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 But it'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, I, everybody exactly. that's going to yeah. tell me that it's, you know, oh, no, he's back, he's healthy, he's got his body dialed in. It's going to be a real chore for him. I mean, you even look at guys, Gabe, like Shaq. Shaq, after a certain age, the weight just accumulates. You don't get thinner as you get older. You get heavier. I was 168 pounds coming out of the Marine Corps. I am, I sit at 190 now. I'm sure by the time I'm 35, I'm going to sit at 205, right? So the heavier he gets with the style of play that he has, the harder it's going to be to stay healthy. Yeah. I, I mean, does he have the tools to actually like start doing some fadeaways and step backs or whatever? I mean, or can he only play that his way? Jump, it's, I think it's his position. I, I said when he was drafted. So he came out of high school as a center. Okay, cool. He can jump over everybody in high school. Then he went to Duke. And even at Duke, he was just more athletically gifted than everybody. Of course you put him in the post. And then he be was able to bigger than everyone too. Right. You know. Well, now in the NBA, in a game that you see, I mean, Curry looks like he might be on his way to his fifth ring mm-hmm. right now, stretching the floor. When that when Zion was drafted, I said you need to you need to slow play building him into a LeBron style character where he gets to play downhill from the perimeter and you let him develop a jump shot over time to reduce the wear and tear on his body, and the Pelicans went, nope, he's a center. Just bad bad decision. Just a bad decision from the jump, either by him not being aware enough to say that this is what's best for the longevity of my career, or bad decision on the ownership standpoint and the head coach's standpoint and the training staff standpoint saying, hey, why don't you go ahead and pack on those pounds? I'm going to have you bang around with the seven foot one, 300 pound guys, 42 games a year. Just not smart. It it is. It's really puzzling, actually. Just super like if anything in the sports today, it seems like we overprotect guys. right? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And then so why is he not getting the same protection? Right. right? It's it's almost funny to me because you look at Anthony Davis's situation. Anthony Davis, now that he's in L.A., is consistently hurt. I wonder if that's because as a guy that had a beautiful jump shot, they had they played him as a traditional five instead of playing him as a stretch four and saving his body. They're making the same mistake. History does repeat itself. Yeah. History absolutely repeats itself. So I'm, I'm happy for him. You're getting to see what he's capable of, but I don't, I don't know if this is here to stay. It's like a fireworks display. It's going to be beautiful and explosive while it's around. But at the end of the night, you're going to be like, oh, that was fun. You're describing my sex life. Uh, oh, not just yours. Mm. Not just okay. yours. Not just yours. Uh, then what do we got next? We got Ovechkin, 800. OV. Well, massive congrats to this guy uh, for 800 goals. Just an, like a career, a, a, a grit-worthy career. Um, this guy probably deserves it more than... I guess anybody else who's around that 800 mark. I'm not a huge hockey fan. Maybe Dylan can fill me in here. Is he the third best scorer all time? Well, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I think he's what he passed. Pretty sure he passed the GOAT. Yeah. And so, I mean, where does that put Ovi now, right? I mean, yeah. if you're top three all time goal scorers and you pass Gretzky, I mean, well, not only top three all time goal scorers, but top three all all time goal scorer having to be his own enforcer for the majority of his career. 
I mean, this is a guy that has been an all-around player forever. Yeah. yeah. He can hit you, he can play defense, and he can dangle the shit out of you. No matter where you're at on the ice, this guy knows everything about you and will get in your brain immediately. Oh, it, And he won't be afraid to throw hands. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what I'm talking about. It's not like you look at Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby's always kind of had somebody to protect him. Like, even yeah. now with Kirill, there's somebody there to protect him. Ovechkin was his own enforcer. You didn't want to get in his grill because he was going to come back at you, beat the piss out of you, and then make your goalie look like he was seeing ghosts. Like just a different, different caliber of player, different from anybody else in his era. Is he the bet? Is he the best all around hockey player in the last fifteen years? I mean, maybe he's, all around. Yeah, yeah, all around. I, I, I'd have to think about it. Oh, I mean, hold on. You said fifteen years? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then, then yes. Twenty. Yes. 25? You get, you're out of your depth now. You're out of your depth now. You're too young to even but be I mean, asking that question. Look at Mario question. Lemieux, though. Mario Lemieux's the greatest scorer to whoever's right. lived. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it, it's why massive congratulations to the dude. Um, has earned everything that he has. The Stanley yes. Cup, the goals, the points, He's the minutes. Amazing, I think. I, he really is probably my favorite modern dude. Ab- I want to like you can't hate him. the same way. You can't no. hate him. No, no way. You just can't. Even I can't. Like, I think my favorite moment of him was him drinking beers out of the Stanley Cup. What's that? When he won. You know? You know that I drink beer out of the Stanley Cup. Have you? Yes, I have. Very nice. I did not know that. You're not supposed to touch it if you can't. Yeah, if you can't win it, you can't touch it. Who says I didn't have a part of that? (laughs) Oh. Gabe was doing comedy in the locker room for the other team at halftime. Yeah. uh, Yeah. No, I mean, anything else, Dylan, from the hockey guru in the back? By the way, for those of you that don't know who Dylan is, Dylan's actually going to be around – uh, helping us hopefully secure some guests. Uh, so he's he's being indoctrinated today, pretty much. Yeah, and it helps to have a hockey person. It does. Yeah. It definitely does. I got really nothing else on hockey for today. We covered pretty much most of it. Yeah, there we go. I was a great player, though. I just want to say that into the microphone. I have a, I hold the scoring record for the Fargo Patriot Invitational of Pee Wee uh, hockey tournament. Very nice. Yes. I think Dylan holds the centennial record for penalty box minutes in a single season uh, as well. I actually did. JGA, <laughs> I, I did in, in the single season. I had the most uh, penalty minutes on the team by, hey. by, like, by far. Ovechkin could have used you in the middle of his career. Oh, probably. <laughs> so, all right. And then uh, last but not least, we have the Twins. A couple of signings. What? Yeah. I know. This is so... <laughs> So fucking disappointing. I didn't want to go here like, this time again. Um, I was that you who wrote something about us getting finessed. Oh yeah. Oh big time. Yeah. We absolutely- so like I mean so I I saw that and I just took it as like yeah like I agree on one hand but then on the other hand I'm like I don't know he could have just been playing it out to see what happened and then he he was like fuck these guys and just moved on I I, I don't know I don't you know do- why it was such a finesse I think Judge finessed the the Yankees a hell of a lot more than. Listen, I don't understand how, as the Minnesota Twins, you have all of this contextual evidence not to sign aging sluggers and overpay them to come into your clubhouse and hit 150 and play 80 games, but Joey Gallo is exactly that. (laughs) And he's in... We got rid of a $19 million Miguel Sano to bring in an $11 million Joey Gallo who has worse numbers than Miguel did. Joey Gallo is the least exciting free agent signing you could ever make. I like, don't it get it. Just like what? I don't fuck? get it. You lost Correa. You offered him ten years in a boatload of cash. Find somebody else. 
Don't just go because you didn't get the guy that you know you didn't you didn't get to take the girl to the dance for the second year in a row at homecoming. Doesn't mean you don't go. You don't come back with a machine gun and fucking mow, mow down, down half the school. Love. Yeah, it's just, Jesus. Yeah. It's 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 nepotism. It it is. It's appalling that the twins run this fucking formula into the ground every year, and they they do it because guess what? Now somebody's gonna wander out there and be like, "Oh, Joey Gallo used to hit forty home runs. He used to hit two sixty. Yeah, he hasn't hit forty home runs in the last three years combined, and he's got a batting average of one fifty. If your um, business plan as as a GM Just, is to say like, "Hey, maybe this guy will come here and catch fire." He's not Nelson that's, Cruz. It's, it's a horrible fucking. I'd have taken that. Nelson Cruz back. I'd have taken yeah. 44-year-old Nelson Cruz back or kept Sano, who at least knows the locker room over bringing in bum-ass Joey Gallo. Let the fucking young guys play, for Christ's sakes. Like, what it, the fuck? We've is, got yeah. a ton of them yeah. in the farm system that are ready to go. How about Austin Martin? Royce Lewis is on his way back. What are you going to do with Jose Miranda? Joey Gallo's a fucking beer league softball dude, it's man. It's ridiculous. Like, Fuck that guy, man. I, I hate this shit. And I'm I'm pissed off that I used my meltdown on the twins last week. I loved it though. They just keep oh. fucking doing this shit, man. I don't I don't I honestly don't know what to do, but here's what I will say. Take Joey Gallo out of this and you look at the Vasquez signing at catcher. This one I don't hate. You got a young listen, you <laughs> that's got the a, best case though. That's the best case. Don't hate it. You yeah. got a young pitching staff that's gonna need veteran behind like a veteran behind the plate that's gonna be there day in and day out. Something that we have lacked for the last three or four years as twins. Mm-hmm. Um, you got that now. You can maybe slide Gary Sanchez into just DH. God, these fucking Yankees. We yeah. got the, hey, uh when you guys are done with your players, like when you think they're warm, can, we get can them? you call us? We'll like give you all first. of we'll give you all of our good young ones yeah, when they're you know when they're young as long as you give us your your it's just have them around God, just fucking we just it's so cool to have Yankees in our team <sighs> anyway wow. yeah anyways but I like this he does he just came off winning a World Series obviously with the Houston Astros too <laughs> yeah so hopefully he doesn't have fat cat syndrome it doesn't sound like he's that type of guy um, so he'll bring some. I guess postseason muster to the locker sure. room. Not that the Twins are going to get there this next year. The Twins, right now, the way this team is constructed, by the way, is on pace to lose 105 games next year. <laughs> They're already on pace. I love it. No, that's, I, I agree. That's with my you. number 105. We're uh, gonna, when baseball season rolls around, Gabe, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put a whiteboard or a counter up, and we're going to start it at 105. And every time the wins lose, the Twins lose a game, we're going to count it down. And if I'm right, I'll give something away. Um, I want to just – I know we got to move on quick, but I just want to take a quick second to um, talk about something that you and I discussed. That yeah. You said that you talk about with me. Um, this week's puzzling posting I got from Nick, and now we have Dylan back here too who's a – I want to see if he can help me extrapolate this thing. He he wrote, uh, heavy is the hand that rules the north. Tell me what that means to you. Break that down. Well, I mean, it's, you know, the heavy is the head that wears the crown. Yep. Yep. yep, That makes sense. Because the head would be heavy because you're wearing a crown. Because king of the north. Yep. That makes sense. Do you you or do you not have to be heavy handed as, as a ruler? Meaning you need to lay down the law? Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, I get, I, but, I see that. 
But you could have just said heavy is the head that rules the north. Because that makes sense. That'd be, that that'd makes make perfect sense. sense. We wouldn't even be talking about this. I mean, when you've beat, I mean, obviously we got games left against the the Bears and uh, the Packers, but when you're undefeated at home against division opponents and you've got wins on the road against division opponents, you know what I mean? Like, this listen, I, I get it. It's not for everybody, but Gabe, when you were telling me I was outside my depth earlier, age wise, yeah, that's what you're doing here. Oh no! Oh yes. <laughs> no, dude! Yep. Um, this is what I love about you is that you're just at mathematically and biologically wrong and you're just fucking doubling down. And I, I really do love it. I mean, but, you could have just added, you know, a Jon Snow picture with like KLC's face on Jon Snow. But you have to understand, Nick, everyone knows heavy is the head that wears a crown. You're right. So people, when they read this, they go, is this guy a fucking moron or something like that? Like he doesn't know, like he's screwing it up and they're like, oh no, no, he's being poetic all of a sudden out of nowhere. I love I love you and I love this. <laughs> the best part was I texted him with like an arrow on a box. I said, "Please explain this to me." And he fuck it. I like truly. He made me smile on the toilet. Like I was just like, "It's awesome" because he just doubled down. I'm like, "I'm for this all day." Oh yeah. So yeah, no, you're a great fucking human. So and I and I really mean that. I'm not being a dick. Uh, I mean I am, but you know, in a good way. I mean that's your that's your baseline though, right? Absolutely, that's what we expect. Yes, yeah, one hundred percent. Um, all right, let's take a look at the NFL playoff picture real quick. Yes. So obviously, um, playoffs right around the corner. Uh, let's take a look at the AFC first, if you have the AFC okay. graphics. Who's playing tonight again? Good question. I do not have it off the top of my head. Uh, you're going to have to give me one second on that graphic. I'm sorry. I fucked up because I was spending my time waiting to shit on you. So wow. I apologize. Hey Gabe, do you know the what worst. the six Gabe, do you know what the six P's I'm not are? The worst. God do, damn it. Do you know what the six P's are? No. Piss poor planning prevents proper performance. And that's I what knew that it'd looks be like. Something bad like that. I knew that wasn't a compliment. No, no, absolutely not. Not after what you just did to me right. on air. That was Come on very now. bad timing on my part. Um so you want the AFC playoff thing. picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And here it comes. So you can start talking though. It'll be there in just one second. Yeah, I actually need it because I'm not. I'm not. Oh, I don't okay. have it memorized yet. But okay. I will say that I, I know that um, there's not a lot. I think in the AFC there's here five spots. Five spots remaining for seven teams. Um, it is kind of a dogfight. Uh, yeah, there we go. Yep, here we go. So uh, teams that are in the hunt. Obviously, the Bengals are still in the hunt. Um, uh, Titans, Ravens, Chargers, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets, Jaguars. This gets really interesting because of some of the, the matchups that are coming. Um, the Titans have to take on the Chargers, who are now hot and obviously looking to get into the playoffs. Um, I think after missing by like a nose hair last year after losing to the Raiders. Um, so if they lose and Jacksonville wins, we're going to end up with some really interesting scenarios here. Um, Jacksonville playing really well. Um, they square up against... It's not Dallas, um, but they do square. And this is last week's matchups too, I guess. Um, but they square up again. They're going to square up against somebody this week. And I think it it's says, the uh, Commanders. Jags, Jets. Jets. There we go. Jags, Jets. Yep. Jags, Jets. Um, so, I mean, right now with them not having Mike White, not really knowing whether or not Zach Wilson is their franchise quarterback or their water boy, you'd expect Trevor Lawrence to put on a display and make this interesting. Um, the Patriots are going to, you know, I think they're falling from grace. The Jets, with the injuries they have on offense, I think they're out of it. So the only team on the bubble that's really in it is Jacksonville. Um, the Dolphins 
still have a game left against the Bills, I believe, as well in a heavily competitive division. Like the AFC is definitely going to come down to the wire. Um, and it's going to be one of those scenarios where it's it's carnivorous. You're going to get into the playoffs and be like, all right, well, what's really left out of these teams that spent everything that they had to get in? The AFC runs, and we all know it, the AFC runs through Cincinnati and Kansas City and it, Buffalo. That's it. You're you sure? not one of those three teams. You're getting into the playoffs, but you're probably not getting to the Super Bowl. I see it more as a vegan type thing, but um, I can see why you apply that to meat eating. Uh, heavy is the hand that uh, talks the talk and walks the and talk and walk. Uh, yeah? Mm-hmm. You're, so, you're so poetic, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Give me the NFC. To the NFC. Uh, let's see. Is this... Let, Let's see if this is a whoop. Bam. There we go. Uh, NFC is a little bit different. I believe there is only three spots left in the NFC uh, for the five teams that are, I mean, above, you know, teams one through four or whatever. Uh, a lot of that is seeding or positioning for the playoffs. Um, but the Buccaneers are at risk of falling right out of this thing. Uh, the Giants. They got a chance to stay in it. The Commanders, those two are the teams that I would, uh, I guess, definitely take a look at this week. Uh, let's see here. I had it written down because I believe if. What do you want me to pull up? Or? No, no, no. You're good. Okay. I, I have it written down here. With with the Giants and the Commanders, obviously the Commanders are, Can if you can look, pull up who they're playing this week. The Giants have the Vikings, and if they lose, the Commanders come out and win. Dallas has got a challenging game this week. Like the NFC East is really going to dictate what the bottom half of the playoff bracket looks like. And that's going to be important for uh, Minnesota sports right now. You could be looking at if these NFC teams went out as they, you know, kind of beat up on each other and try to get in. You're looking at maybe a Brady versus Kirk in us bank stadium game week one of the playoffs for the, for the wild card game. So it looks like commanders are playing the Niners. And that's going to be tough. That's going to be a tough game for them to win. The Niners are such a well-rounded team. Yeah, and right? they've got Brock Purdy. They do, yeah. Brock looking Purdy. We're putting that on T-shirts eventually. Yeah, um, I mean, it's... But it, it's going to be interesting. Do you think the Seahawks are going to have enough to sneak in and maybe grab that last spot? Man, they have been the definition of a Cinderella story. I know everybody's going to be like, what about the Lions? They're not going to make it. It's yes. been It's been a fun run. They have vastly overperformed their 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 you know their waterline this year, but they're not a playoff team and they're not getting in. Um, but do you think the the Seahawks have enough to steal that last playoff spot from one of these NFC East teams? I don't know. <laughs> That's the best answer I can give. But I'm pulling up something. You talk about that because I'm pulling up something very exciting. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, the 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 Seahawks with the run, they they run the ball and they play defense. That's playoff football. So you come down the stretch here with some of these teams that are banged up and they might be able to sneak in. I mean, the NFC East was not a division that at the end of the year last year everybody was like, "Oh, next year they're going to have three playoff teams." And they look right now like they're going to get three teams into the playoffs. And the Buccaneers might fall all the way out of it. If they slip up against New Orleans or Atlanta, or one of those two teams gets hot. Just a, a drunk year for the NFL. Yes. And and actually, I was absolutely shocked just now to see the Bucks, um record. This is there. the most losses Brady has had in his career in a single season. Eight. And I, But I actually thought that they were 
I mean, actually, I thought they were worse. For some reason, I thought that they were really even worse. So it's like, can they get in the playoffs still? Is there a chance or not? Yeah, as long as they win their division, but their division is awful. It's the Bucks, okay. the Falcons, the Saints, and the Panthers. Okay. But did you see what Tom Brady is now playing for? No. You didn't? Mm-mm. Wait, do you see this? Oh, he had no. Giselle. Yeah. One of the sexiest. No, Antonio Brown has Giselle now. That's true. <laughs> but he fucking upgraded. Whoa! He fucking upgraded! He, he must- this woman has already shown up to a to a Bucks game wearing his game-worn jersey. He absolutely threw a claim on her. Hey. I wish that was a less pixelated picture, but damn, just take my word for it. She's hey. so hot. Listen, Tampa Tommy. Out here slanging picks and slanging dick, apparently. Wow. What a take. That's one of your best ever. And it's so, because it's true. It's so true. And it's so funny. And he's a very sexual man. I had no idea. Like, for real. Good fucking on him. Good on him. insatiable, though. Like, wouldn't you think he's a little busy right now? I I think that's the problem. divorce. I think that, hey, you know what? You know what I've noticed? Elder gentlemen in the NFL that date younger women, they fail. Mike Zimmer got a 25-year-old girlfriend and whoa, got his ass whoa, fired. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're talking to an elder gentleman right now, buddy. I, I get that, but you're not playing in the NFL. I mean, Mike blonde. Zimmer dates oh, a blonde yeah, 25-year-old right. and gets bounced out of Minnesota as one of our favorite coaches up until that point. And then Tom Brady divorces Giselle, sacks up with this bimbo, and now he might not whoa. make it into the playoffs? You're, now you're. Just we should avoid. Loose. We should avoid it. We should just avoid it as elder, like this PSA. Woman, I mean, you would think that he'd almost be like self conscious. Like she's so here. Here, I got another picture coming up, and it's her at the game. Okay, but and I just he's think like fucking Tom Brady. Yeah, I was no, gonna he's say he's not fucking Tom Brady. He is Tom Brady. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, okay. he's Tom Brady. He's Tom yeah, fucking yeah. Brady. I understand it's like that. Saying it's Tiger fucking Woods. I, I was just gonna went say through a divorce. Okay, <laughs> and I'm telling you. To be doing that like publicly and then go, yep, yeah, go ahead, show up to the game. Like their ego is on another planet. What's she you know gonna what do? Mean? What's she gonna do? Like, well, hold on. He has kids. And he has like kids and, old enough. And? Oh, okay. Yeah, you think just, that you think that this isn't a great example for the kid from his first marriage? Oh, if what you're trying to teach your kids is to get pussy, that's great. Yes. No, you're right. That is great. If that's your whole goal as a parent, <laughs> forgive me for ha- trying to have some goddamn moral fucking fiber in my body. Gabe, but she is for so you hot, of I all people to be the one to get up and stand on the moral soapbox. I'm not. I'm just saying it's crazy to me that he's that like this motherfucker can multitask like you would not believe. I'm guessing that's how he got her. Yeah. Multitasking. Sure. <laughs> I think that's what she was attracted to. His ability to multitask. She is beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Good for her. Yeah, yeah, good for both of them, man. God, I'm happy for those kids. I'm so happy that Tom Tom's Brady older than you. Finally, could get some hot chicks. No, he's not. Yes, he is. I don't think he is, dude. I'm 43. Isn't he 40? I'm pretty sure Tom's 44 or 45. He's 44. Really? Yes. Fucking old fucker. Um, okay, cool. And not a gray hair on his head. Really? Well, I don't have one on mine either. Well, you don't have any hair on your head, Gabe. Right. I don't want to show all the grays. There we go. 
Uh, all right. So I guess let us know what you guys think about Tom Brady's new girlfriend. Um, yeah. And then uh, last but not least, let's talk about the best core under 25 in the sporting world right this now. This actually hit me as bad news, man. Really? Well, yeah. You know, we talked about this a little bit. I wanted to – I like saying that we had the worst – stars in mm. in all in all of sports and then here you go doing this thing yeah so here's what i'm gonna say and i'm i'm, I'm making I this graphic, yeah. i am making this point for a reason because like i said earlier in the show as minnesota sports fans we have a tendency to be like we'll get them next year and then when we don't help our stars what happens kg goes to the celtics and wins a ring or you know we we watch our young stars leave to bigger markets and and win championships, and we're just okay with it. But right now, as Minnesota sports fans, you should absolutely knuckle under and start holding your owners and your GMs and your coaches accountable to getting these guys the support that you need. Because if you look across the 13 different markets that have baseball, basketball, football, and hockey – you won't find a city that has guys under the age of 25 that are all pro caliber consistently, even though Gabe apparently would disagree on Anthony Edwards, already. So here's who we got. Anthony Edwards in the NBA, yep. who's who has racked Phenomenal. up great playoff totals already. Justin Jefferson, who is arguably Phenomenal. the best receiver in the league. I mean. Kirill Kaprizov, who is one of the most talented scorers in hockey, if not all around players. And then how about I was we last week we were like, oh, who is it for the twins? Do the twins really have a guy? How about Yoan Duran, the 24-year-old fireball reliever that really couldn't be touched at times last year? Yeah. It it would be um it'd be interesting if uh like whatever Royce White wouldn't have been hurt or Miranda. Well, oh, Royce Lewis, Royce, Royce Lewis, Lewis is sorry. over 24. Right, yeah. Miranda's over 24. They're both over 25. I think they are. I think they're both actually 25. Okay. Yeah. So they will be 26 heading into next season, but here are the markets, Gabe. So I wanted to ask you off the top of your head, if you could put together a better four, uh, there's 13 markets. Definitely not off the top of my head. How about, let me think how about that. Denver? Denver, John, Mar- no, well, no, John Morant's, no, well, he's Grizzlies. He's sorry, in the sorry, Grizzlies. Sorry. Yep. Um, no, I definitely can't do this off the top of my no. head. So just, Denver yeah. doesn't have it. Detroit doesn't have it. How about Miami? How about Los Angeles? That's what I'm trying to think. San Francisco, Washington, D.C., New York. Can we come up? I'll give you, I'll give you New York as yeah, a market yeah, together. Give yeah. me, I'll give you New York as a market together. Can you name... Uh, a basketball player, a football player, a hockey player, and an NBA player better than what we have right there. Okay, how about Florida? Saying Florida because you have Tampa Bay for sure. baseball has great, you know, players, great Wand- players. Wander Franco. Wander, okay, no, there's your baseball a, guy. They have pitchers too, but yeah, but okay, that beats us pitcher. What? Um, but I don't know. I'm just trying to think of who they're. Do like, they have a the hockey player better than Kirill? I mean, the only one that I would not in New York or Florida, but California, Zegris. Sure. Is a, he's sick. We'll, we'll we'll get to California. Let's let's stick on let's stick on Florida or New or New York. All right, Florida Florida football. Does Florida have a better football? football player? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, not not under twenty five. They got a better basketball player down there for the Magic. No. How about the Heat? No. Why are you mad at me? It's just I feel it's like the reaction's a little strong there, but yeah, all my but reactions no, I, are I got. It. 
But I got, yeah. yeah. So Florida, no. How about LA? I'll give you all of California. The whole Name, state? I'll the whole state. I'm, give me four guys. Give me four guys better than the four guys you see right now. Without a doubt, we are better. Mm. Without a know. doubt, we I are. Can't better. name the players. Um, no, I, Herbert. Sure, he, but is he putting up numbers like JJ's putting up numbers? Is he breaking records he like JJ's play wide breaking receiver, records? Though, so you got to give him a little. <laughs> no. Um, well, who would you rather have on your team, Herbert or Jefferson? Jefferson. Hold on. Because Jefferson makes that. any quarterback better. I'm not sure that if you take away Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, um, the fact that he's got a Pro Bowl caliber defense, I'm not What's so sure. What's the most valuable position in football? Quarterback. Okay. And is Herbert a top? Well, he's hurt. But he got hurt this year. Did no, he, he didn't some, get hurt this year. Didn't he have some injury stuff? Last year. Last year. Then what's his excuse for not playing that good this year? Great question, Gabe. Damn it. Um, Shohei. Is he under 25? I don't know. Not. He's got to be right there. Not he's at not. all. 28. I think he's 27. 27. 26, 27. How about basketball? Jordan Poole? Steph Curry looks like he's under 25. Right. I mean, you got to give him that. Nobody in baseball. Really? Nobody in hockey. Dylan, you got a hockey player in California that's better? You yep. said Zegras? Trevor Zegras. Okay, so that's one. How about Seattle? Seattle, no, we no, got Julio. No, 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 no. No, no. Who's the best NFL rookie there? Ooh, in Seattle? Yeah, do they have anyone? I was just trying to find uh, one to beat for baseball. Julio for sure. Oh. Julio, yeah, Julio Rodriguez. Kansas City. Otherwise, Kansas City, we got Bobby Witt Jr. We got Yeah. Who's who would be their football guy? Pat Mahomes is over 25 now. Oh, he is? Damn it. God, I wanted to beat you. So oh, I wanted I to get about- one there. Forgot about Fiala, but he plays for L.A. Yeah? He's not as good as Kirill. No. Not There's a reason we got rid of him. Well, no. He wanted to get paid as much as Kirill. Uh, so how about how about Boston? Boston's a big market. Nothing. Nothing. Peanut gallery. How about Phoenix? I, I couldn't even think of these people if I didn't do drugs for 15 years. Nope. <laughs> so my, my point is, if this is what we have, it's time. This city deserves a championship. And this is our best shot to get it in any sport. I get what you're saying. Let's put them all on the same team. I'm obviously. I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty sure I'd love to see Anthony Edwards play football for the Vikings. Yeah, he'd be a freak of nature at tight end or to line up anywhere. Um, but other than that, I don't think these guys have even frisbee golf. Yeah, sure. Have them team up and do. Yeah, that. I don't. I don't care what it is. Yeah. But like this, it just goes to show that Minnesota is not. A market, it's not a small market, right, Gabe? It's all about ownership, wealth, and player development, and how the culture of the organizations. You have a chance right now. When let me ask, Gabe, when was the last time that Minnesota won a championship? Period. Well, I'll just answer what you're really asking, which is I haven't had sex in 13 months. So, but um, no, uh, sorry. What's what was your your actual? The last time that a a world a world title was won in the state of Minnesota would have been the Twins, right? Is it 91? 91. Wow, that's the last one. It's been 33, 31 years, and you have the best young. Yeah, but core. We can't spend money like those other teams, you know. But now, listen. You want to make this a big market? This is part of that formula. 110%. You get one team that wins a championship and all of a sudden it becomes a, it can become a leverageable destination for your other 
three major sports. So somebody's got to go get it done. The Polads need to spend the money. The Wild need to make the trade. The Wolves need to trade Cat, and the Vikings need to figure it the fuck out. And the fan base has got to start fucking so we get more population. Well, n- not not even necessarily that. The, fu- the fan base needs to hold these teams accountable. You can't have wasted years. These guys are young and in, a, in, in relatively inexpensive as of right now. Kareel got paid. You're about to have to pay JJ. You're going to have to pay Ant. And if you want Duran to be a closer, like... You know, when when the, the Red Sox leaned into Papelbon or when the Yankees had Rivera and build an actual franchise around some of these guys or a dynasty, you're going to have to pay him too. Right now, you don't have to. Go get them some success while they're young and let the wealth spread. You have to do it. You have to do it. And it's inexcusable if you don't. Minnesota's got to win a, a, a title in the next five years or it's all a waste. Five years. You have five years. You have to tell these guys are 30, which is when they'll go, I ran out of time playing in this market. I got to go somewhere else. But we can't. Doesn't matter. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. We are not K-Fan. I don't want to hear it. But Nope. Spend the money. You don't own these teams if you're not wealthy enough to make the moves. And if that's how you're approaching it, sell the team to somebody who is willing to do it. And the fans need to put that thing away. <laughs> the fans need to buckle under and be the same hostile environment, not only to opponents, but as far as accountability goes for our owners, as we were on Saturday. The, the wild or bad, throw shit on the ice. Blow, blow up the ownership. In the press. I mean, in all honesty, I think the only bad ownership we have right now is... Paul Ads. It's, tw- it's the Twins. That's yes. it. Other than that, all of our other sports teams are they're doing great. Uh, you're you're totally cool with the absentee Wilfs? Well, I don't really watch basketball that much. That so. would be the Vikings. <laughs> well, either ones. I mean, Vikings and Wild right now are going off. And... If they continue to make the right decisions and just pay the right people and acquire or trade for the right people, we could actually do some damage. Absolutely. And, I mean, do you agree, Gabe? Do you think winning a championship for, let's say, the Vikings get it done this year? Miracle, right? Mm -hmm. You think that impacts? That'd be a miracle. Do you think that impacts how the Wild are going to have to operate? Oh, yeah. I think it's contagious. Yeah, man. I Yeah, I do think it does change expectations. You got to do it. You got to do it as a collective. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it. The shit matters, just like the as we talked about, man. The fan mentality and all that stuff. It's all got to change. So. Got to change. Yeah. No more apologies. Bring your batteries. Bring your beer cans. Yep. Throw them at yep. people. Do whatever you yep. need to do. Fights in the stands. Mm-hmm. Let's turn this into a real hostile environment until this city gets a championship. Thirty-one years is way too long. Oh, way yeah, yeah. too long. Absolutely, man. If and bring explosives. Whatever. How dare you do that to your robot? That's true. Yeah. I mean, nothing is out of bounds now. We need a championship. (laughs) We need one. All right, folks, that's all I got for you today. Gabe, you got anything else for the people? No, man. I've given everything I got. You know what? Except except more super exciting stuff coming along the way. We're very excited. Tell your friends. 
Get on the bus. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This The train is not necessary. I mean, we're not leaving the it's station. It's bus, dude, I just said. Train, yeah. bus. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Gabe said bus because he's used to the short ones where he's got to he- wear a helmet and you know to help How avoid licking the windows. But um, yeah, no, the tra- we have some massive things coming for the show. We're really excited for all of you that are watching to be involved in it. So make sure that you like, share, subscribe on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, Spotify, Anywhere that you can find podcasts, if you don't watch it on the internet and you want to watch it on your television, you can always uh, go over to MCN6 uh, uh, here in the Twin Cities. We're in about 2 million homes. Otherwise, on your Roku app uh, or the Roku application on your Amazon or whatever, however that works with television. I don't have one, so I don't know. Um, We will be back next week to do our New Year's resolution show. I was trying to move around to get the eyes lined up. It didn't work. It was so funny. I know. Um, We'll be back to do our New Year's resolution show. We're going to hand out some awards. We're going to do some New Year's resolutions. We may have a guest for you next week, and we're going to take a look at the Minnesota Vikings, and maybe if we're lucky and the weather gets above 10 degrees, we'll see Mike next week as well. Oh, Um, I hope so. As always, um, take care. Happy holidays to everybody, and stay safe. Goodbye. Get his ass out of my face. M-B-C. No relation to N-B-C.